Hi, I'm Dominic Patton. And I'm Pete Hammond. And this is the Deadline Podcast TV Talk. So today we're going to be discussing the contenders for a marquee Emmy uh, category, Best Drama Series. Uh, And you're going to uh, also hear a part of Dominic's conversation with the cast and creators behind The Dropout. Uh, That's coming up. But uh, first, we're going to talk about all these contenders for Best Drama Series this year. Yeah, and there are a ton. Now, some of them repeats obviously because that's the way the television academy and the emmys work and if you've been a winner in a past year you're probably going to be at least on the list if not maybe even a winner for a future year but there is a lot of stuff here and and actually this year we've talked about this a little bit before on previous tv talk podcasts we might see we might see a return of some net broadcast network power because this is us had its final season this year and it went out with big numbers big stories no spoiler, but we can use the word presidential ambitions, I believe. And I feel like it might be the one this year. Mr. Hammond, discuss. The one to beat? Yeah. The one to beat? Yeah. When was I, the last time a network television show won in this category? I, and back when Bill Clinton was probably president. But, <laughs> but what I think is, is though, is I think, look, I think there's a couple of things here, some of which I've learned gleaned from you over the years, is this is a repeat nominee. It's had some great winners with Sterling K. Brown and others. It's a final season. And it was a show that remained very, very popular, as we saw with its final episodes and some of those big numbers it brought in for NBC. So I really think hearts and minds might have been won over here. I think, look, put it this way. I think all the stars line up for this one. Yes, there's a lot of people out there But I think when you think about the past of the show, the legacy of this show, and the fact that this show is now over, I think it might become, it might be the one, baby. It's possible. It's possible that it could sneak in here. You know, last year's winner, The Crown, is not eligible this year. As often happens, these shows come in and go in a different way. Now they're not every single year, uh, especially the streamers and that sort of thing. so, yeah, you know, uh, The Crown actually took several seasons before it finally won. So maybe we're looking at a similar situation in a network kind of way for This Is Us. But that would be, wow, earth shattering and on NBC, which has the Emmys to broadcast this year. So that would be a real bragging rights for them to have that on the actual year when they're broadcasting the Emmys. I was going to say, Dominic, that this is clearly a race between Succession and Squid Game. Uh, Succession, a previous winner. Some people think it started to jump the shark a little bit this year. Uh, nevertheless, it's still strong. And it, you know, at the Directors Guild this year, it had all five directing nominations. Uh, you know, that shows you uh, strength for that series. And then Squid Game is just an international, obviously, sensation there for Netflix. And Netflix, although it has the final year of Ozark, which has never won two to go by your logic here, that uh, this is us final year that maybe they're thinking last chance to put it. Ozark's never won either. But I think that Netflix is really going to be pushing Squid Game. I think that they can push Squid Game very hard. I think that they will find some receptive audience among the TV Academy voters. No spoilers here, but if you haven't seen Squid Game, It's incredibly violent, violent to the point where I think it might be a bit too much 
for some voters. And, and, Game and, I, of and, I, and I don't, I don't say that. I don't say that to diss on the show. <laughs> I, I think the show's great. But I, I think that some people are going to find the blood and gore is going to send them to a place they don't want to go. Well, and I, I think that's a real risk you take with a show like this. Okay, but Game of Thrones had all kinds of blood and gore in it, and it won several Yeah, times. but Game of Thrones, but I would also say that logic, that's true, but also Game of Thrones took a long time to get there. Many yeah. seasons. They right. built up. They built up also with acting noms and other, and, and other noms, specifically in the crafts and technical categories, over a long time. Squid Game does not have that long tail to draw on. Right. It has it, it's it's a first season for a show that's clearly coming back for more seasons um, based on the success and, and Netflix, you know, kind of needing some hits right now. Yeah. Um, but I think that I, I, I do think that it might turn some people off and turn their stomachs. OK, well, what about succession then? Wouldn't you call that the front runner here? Well, I never think you should vote against Brian Cox, but that's a that's a personal thing based on my experience with the man. Right. Okay. Um, but I, I think I, I think succession is is in a very good place. I really do. I, I think, you know, if, if I'm going to praise this is us under very particular circumstances, I might add succession is another one on a different level. And some of that is just the sheer brute force of it that also is catapulted up there into the top three right away. Easily, easily. And, you know, people love it. It was one other things. It's all ready to go. And the crown, as you said, is not eligible this year. So no, no. no. Well, we have uh, several shows, you know, coming back like Bridgerton that was nominated last year. And, uh, uh, you know, Better Call Saul is back in the mix here. However, it's a weird kind of thing. So the first six episodes of its final season, which isn't its final season as far as Emmys goes, because they got six more to go uh, running this summer, but its finale will be running during voting time uh, for the Emmys. So if it gets nominated, it's got that extra oomph of having a show that's also ending voters watching that in real time. What do you think about and, and Well, and also I would say too, it has the other thing is, it's an awesome show. It's got amazing people on it. It's got people who have long, long been overdue for the recognition that they deserve. And it's the prequel to Breaking Bad, which cleaned up <laughs> over the years using very much the same AMC premise, which is the, the kind of split final season. Though there's, I believe, my, my memory might be a bit foggy now, but I believe Breaking Bad like Mad Men, the time span between those early episodes of the final season and the second round we're a little bit bigger than they are here for, for the Bob Odenkirk-led Better Call Saul. Yeah. But I still think it's a win. Look, it's a winning strategy. You can't argue with it. It's worked for AMC very nicely in the past. I think this show has a lot of love behind it. Again, somewhat based on uh, the almost personal tragedy with Bob Odenkirk and a health issue, which was very serious. And also just amazing actors across the board, you know, they, so I they mean, need they need to be recognized yeah. finally here. Come on. You know, this is a great. I mean, it, Ms. Seaborn more than Ms. Seaborn more than anyone else. I mean, come on. <laughs> it's just got to be. So I would say you have starting with everything you started here with This Is Us and Ozark and and the end hovering over Better Call Saul and uh, Stranger Things is moving into its final year too. You know, so... Yeah, but they've it, got one more season to go after this. So they're kind of, you know. I know, one more, yeah. but we know the end's coming there. I'm, psychologically, uh, if, if the TV Academy is thinking that way, I'm not so sure they always do. 
um, they have to sort of know that and have it drilled into them. So I don't know. Now let's look at the yellow shows, Yellowstone and Yellow Jacket, <laughs> and hope that, that really how you're going to turn. Hope that they're not going to get confused when they're voting here which yellow show they like. But Yellowstone has come into its own in terms of dominating TV viewing uh, in terms of numbers and that publicity it gets for that. And every year it goes more. And now it's a virtual industry unto itself for Taylor Sheridan, who is, you know, doing 10 shows uh, because of it. It's one of those things. Does it have the uh, gravitas, though, to finally break in into this uh, category? I, well, I mean, it's got Kevin Costner and it's got it's got what you just described. It's got that massive franchise that I think works. It's a heartland success story. And I, I think increasingly, as we've seen over the past several years with the declining viewership for award shows. Maybe I'm being way over optimistic, way, way overly optimistic. But I, I would like to think that the TV Academy is, has recognized and its, its voters have recognized that the perhaps way to slow down the slide to irrelevance might be to actually put some popular shows on the map and on, and on the menu. And certainly Yellowstone checks a lot of those boxes for them. And it's good. I mean, yeah. you like that's the other thing. It's not a token entry. It's a legitimately good show. It might not be your cup of tea. You might not be into Westerns and you might not be into Coster and you might not be into Taylor. I mean, that's your, that's your, you roll the way you roll. But I do think that you can't deny the quality of the show and you certainly cannot deny the popularity of the show. But so, we do know year after year with the Oscars that they're trying to get the box office success. The movie that everybody yeah. goes to see in is like a futile cause here. Is it the same thing in television that they're snobs as well and they just can't bring themselves to go to something? I mean, let's go back to what you said earlier on. I mean, name the last time a broadcast network show was nominated. I mean, you know, the Emmys is shown on broadcast networks. It's not right. shown on Netflix. Amazon no. haven't put it on. Don't see it on Hulu recently. No. I don't even know if it's going to be on Peacock and it's on NBC this year. So maybe they'll show it an hour <laughs> afterwards. I don't know. And it, then there's a whole bunch of other people. It could but I, I, I do think I think prestige television, or that term at least, became so prevalent over the past 15 years that it blocked out a lot of people once you're in the drama and to some degree comedy categories, not the unscripted and late night, that's all broadcast clearly, but, um, but they're not exclusively actually. Um, but I do think, I think there needs to be a reassessment. I think that broadcast networks are hobbled, but they're not gone. Right. And they still have they still have audiences and it still has meaning to people. Um, whether or not that means anything to the TV Academy, this is us. Some of these shows remains to be seen. I, I just I I would hope so. I would really hope so because well, we have we have 10 nominees here. So let's look at inevitably something for season wise yeah. uh, will sneak in. Uh, could that be severance? Could that be winning time, even despite the controversy on winning time? Um, I think it's gonna be Loki. And Loki is another one. I think it's going to be Loki. I think to use the phrase of the day, checking a lot of boxes, Loki has the wonderful asset of being incredibly popular. The Marvel series based on the God of Mischief played by Tom Hiddleston. It has the advantage of having Tom Hiddleston in it, who has been, was acclaimed in the night manager and award-winning unto himself. Um, and it has also, um, 
an amazing supporting cast, the least of which is Owen Wilson, allows it to kind of reach, reach, reach forward and, and not to be overly purple, but into the stars, so to speak. So I think there's a good chance it'll make the top 10. I do not think it'll win, but I think there's a very good chance that Loki is a strong contender. Well, we know how they love Mandalorian, and so they're not uh, adverse to uh, Disney Plus uh, kind of yeah. spinoffs of, of movie franchises, to be sure. What about talking about spinoffs? This one intrigues me because it's not a bad show. Bel Air on uh, Peacock is, uh, would it mean inviting Will Smith to the Emmys as an executive producer? Well, I, I mean, I think you have to say if it's nominated, he's on the list to come. The question is, do you handle that publicly? Which is a mess. <laughs> yeah. Or do you just lean into a quiet conversation off the books? Or do you just hope that Will Smith just reads the room, so to speak? Right. And I'm not too sure <laughs> Will Smith is very good at reading the room right now. So yeah. I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. tell you about we, that one. We don't I mean, know who... We don't know I, who the I host think it's is within be. the realm of possibility, though. Uh, okay, well, I hope he leaves. I mean, what do you think? Well, if Bel Air was nominated in this category, clearly Will Smith is an executive producer. Clearly Will Smith as the last Fresh Prince of Bel Air um, and the iconic one for many of us. I mean, they have to let him come, don't they? Well, the Television Academy has not met with the Board of Governors you know, they, it's not their problem that the Motion Picture Academy had in having to discipline him for his actions on their show. So I think the Television Academy would have nothing to say about that because it's really not their thing. Um, it's just, uh, you know, and also he's not an actor in it. He's yeah. not high profile nominee. He's just an executive producer on it. But nevertheless, it would be written about Dominic. No question if that. Oh, I write about it. I'm yeah. <laughs> uh, we forgot to mention HBO's returning Euphoria. Yeah, which with, with the with the incredibly talented Zendaya in it. Again, another one that I think is well within the realm of possibilities to get on the top ten list. I mean, I think it's important when we talk about this. Is there's a lot of time to go, lot of voting time, lot of implications of what that can be. You pointed out also there's internal things and there's external things like how Better Call Saul, even for episodes that aren't eligible, is going to be burning up um, in, in terms of its and that's, attention granted that's to it. Very important. That's yeah. key in that summertime slot where you're watching these things. And, uh, and we'll look for that. Now, I'm just going to do, I know it's not going to get nominated because it never does, but it should have every year of its existence. The Good Fight, I think, is a terrific show. I don't know if it's time will ever come with the Emmys. It also is headed towards the exit finally too yeah. um, uh, in its next season, but um, it's a great show. Come on, a fellow, I'll say, TV Academy members. Let's give this show its due. I, I think a nomination is way overdue here. Who do you think, and I know you, I know you never like to diss people, which is, whereas I love dissing people. Yes. Um, um, who do you think is probably going to make the list and probably shouldn't? <laughs> oh. no, because, you know, you, you, as I say, almost every time we do this podcast, you, you schooled me in the thing, like there are certain habits and tropes and traits that the TV Academy and its voters fall into. And they're just some people who just show up year after year or some shows that just show up year after year because people just, they've checked that box. So they've seen it a million times before. And you might go like, hey, it was even a great season, but you got in again. 
So yeah, who- it got in again, you know, or whatever, you know, for me, I, I don't know. I don't watch the show Bridgerton. I don't mm-hmm. know why that should be in. Um, uh, you know, it, it seems to follow a pattern and, you know, like a romance novel. It's enormously popular. Again, a Netflix show. They have a lot of stuff here. So, of course, they're hoping for that one. But I, um, I would say that that wouldn't be as deserving here to uh, pop into this category. The one that I would also like though, that I don't know that it'll get in because I, you know, I don't know. People seem to be mixed on it. I love the morning show. I love it. And I thought it was great. I've seen every episode of that show. You're uh, so alone on that in this podcast. You know on what? I, I'm happy to be alone because I think it's a really, really, uh, I don't know. It keeps my attention. And, and I thought the acting was exceptionally good this year. I bel- You look for Billy Crudup again. You know, he won the Emmy first season out. I thought Steve Carell was great in his uh, swan song on that season. And Julianne Margulies, wonderful walking into that show. There's all kinds of possibilities. If it doesn't make this list, and I think it should, um, it, it will be in the acting too. So, uh, you know, one of well, that, my- That's my colleague, Mr. Pete Hammond, coming to a morning show panel near you. <laughs> Maybe. You know, it's, but it's also funny too. And I mean, that also one of the things is, is a, and, and, and we talked about this a little bit, is this, none of this is in a void, right? I mean, like there are, as you said, Better Call Saul will literally be finishing up its, its final season with episodes that are not eligible this year, but will be next year. And I think for- I think that that runs a risk. You know, some people might say, well, you know what? Next year is when we're going to give it to them. We're going to give it to them on the exit as opposed to the penultimate, so to speak. You know, it's interesting. There's a show. There's a show that's always sitting here like Billions, which is a good show. And, uh, you know, it never- I would disagree with that, my friend. I would say Billions is a great show. Yeah, but- it never gets in. And if you look at Gold Derby, our colleagues over there at Gold Derby, it is dead last on their odds, 100 to 1, but there's a lot of shows that are 100 to 1. It's at the end of the thing. It's the last show that they give a possibility to of anything eligible this year. Well, Why they are wrong. That? Why is that? You know, because they've given I don't up. Know. You know what? I, don't, I, I, do think, I do think there is some sort of weird dysfunction about, about billions in the TV Academy that I don't know if now is the time to go into. But I would say to voters that are out there listening, and I would say to people who work on that amazing show, A, voters, you should watch it because it's great. B, creatives, cast, and crew who work on the show, you guys do a great job. And, and it's, it's a strong show that has actually successfully, to some degree, rebooted itself with the loss of um, Damian Lewis um, as, as one of its main characters, and Corey Saul coming in as a, as, as, a, as a main character after being kind of a supporting character for a previous season. So I think there's a lot of strength there. But talking about a lot of strengths, I want to talk about Hulu's The Dropout, which is a show that you're not going to be able to turn away from once you stop watching it. And you don't even have to know much about the scam known as Elizabeth Holmes to know where this is is going and how great it is. You know, um, this one comes from Elizabeth Merriweather, who, of course, has been around a TV veteran. And it's full of great names. It's full of great stories. And we had a hell of a great time talking to Elizabeth and some key cast members this year at our Contenders TV event. Take a listen to a sample of what they had to say to me, thankfully, at Contenders TV recently. Liz, I have to ask you right off the bat, what, I mean, there's a, there's a million things that attract people to this story. 
But what attracted you to this story and the way you wanted to tell it? Because you went behind, you went behind the story. And that's not the story we know of Elizabeth Holmes and Sonny right now. Well, I actually have a blood testing device that I'm trying to sell. So I was like, no. <laughs> Sorry. You know, if you phone up Rupert Murdoch, he might give you some money. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I was really interested in the story of a young woman kind of in over her head in power. Um, when I was created New Girl, I was 29 and I did. <laughs> Um, but I, I really, you know, w didn't know what I was doing, and I just, I felt, um, you know, it was hard to walk into those rooms with men and be able to, uh, you know, be a leader, and I actually lost my voice um, the first week of the writer's room, and I went to an ear, nose, and throat doctor, and they said, have you been trying to sound authoritative and or drinking <laughs> coffee? <laughs> And so I, I guess I relate it to the story on a really personal level, and I wanted to bring that into the story. Amanda, one of the things about the story, I don't, I, I, I'm going to look this way. Amanda, one of the things about the story is, is, is Elizabeth is both utilizing her power of presence and mind as a young woman entrepreneur in a society that's obsessed with youth and the idea of entrepreneurism. But there's also all her insecurities about that as well. And obviously we see that at one point in the series where there's the transformation, the famous scene now with you in the mirror with the voice. The voice. <laughs> <laughs> and the turtleneck comes later. But, and the juice. But for you, how did you get inside this character? Because so many people think they know her. But you know, we, we learn about what's something we don't know. I mean, I I don't know who she is at all. I, I'm try, I'm still trying. We'll never stop trying to figure out who what makes her tick. But um, I think I mean I I don't know. This is not the answer to the question. But I think this writing, the imagined reality, is so eerily close to what I think is true. What what I think is true. Um, but no, I I mean that scene. By the way, that scene that you just mentioned uh was um was a reshoot we shot it it was like the th third to last scene we ever shot for the series and i was like i don't think we need it <laughs> it's just like an idiot um totally needed it uh because you know liz is a genius um but yeah the evolution i mean that's the thing that attracts me as an actor you know an arc and the evolution of of this person which um you know you we all see as as fans of Elizabeth Holmes, or at least of fans of her story, we see it, but then we never, when we get to the other side, we're really, we, we haven't gotten that far. So I had to, it was, it was really hard to um, balance out like what, um, you know, how much humanizing we were going to do and also stick to the facts and also make sure that um, she's still at that kind of enigma uh, when, when we leave her. Is it, is it difficult, is it difficult for you as an actor to, to portray her, because as you guys were literally filming, I mean, there's, there's literally a trial happening. There's a whole thing. And now, of course, later this year, we're going to find out the sentencing. Did, did that play a role? Liz is nodding like crazy, so I'm assuming it did. But how did, like, for, for you, were you worried? Are you apprehensive? You're like, am I making decisions here that might come back to haunt me because we don't know where this is going to go? No, I was never worried. I was just on my toes in the most 
excited, thrilling way. And I feel like, I mean, especially Naveen and I had had um, talked about this a lot in the beginning before, you know, we knew the trial was going to happen soon. And, and, and I feel like Liz wrote such a, she really, the path felt so clear with what we already had. It couldn't change that much in our, in, in our minds, at least as we, as it unfolded while we were shooting it, it didn't seem like it was ever changing anything. It was just adding more fuel for us. It was actually just, uh, a, we, it was bountiful. You know what I mean? Liz, you, you can, I mean, you were up late at night getting text messages. Well, the producer of the podcast sent me uh, the text. Oh, that 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 uh, the dropout is based on a podcast. Yeah, yes, which you should all listen to if you're interested. It's incredible. But the, the sent me the text messages that had come out during the trial, and I was just up late at night with her going through hundreds of pages of text messages because we'd shot two thirds of it, and I was afraid that something was going to come out in the text that was completely different than what we'd already shot. Did it? No, no. Um, but really, because I mean, when those text messages came out, it uh, like I mean, I'll be honest with you, I did not know about Sonny. I knew there was, I knew that there was a, a boyfriend, and I knew he was one of the executives. But the way that evolved, and then how that relationship became part of her defense, and, and like how she said that she was being manipulated by him, and of course now Sonny's trial is happening now as well. It just it felt like there had to be like you guys were flooded. Well, the one big thing that came out was that. Um, Amanda, Elizabeth, <laughs> Elizabeth called Sunny Tiger, <laughs> which was like a new piece of information. Who that says came out. that? I love you, Tiger. I mean, I mean well, we all say it. <laughs> but if you'll notice watching the show that, that uh, she only calls him Tiger in the second half of the show. <laughs> but, but, but the fact that these were this was happening in real, real time, these events were happening in real time, uh, confirmed us in the kind of sinecure that we found which was um, like the first, our first day of filming, we had to make a decision about the depth and the intensity of our relationship, which is always a gamble, because you, you're never 100% sure. And when these texts came out, we thought, ah, oh, we might be in the, the right ballpark. So with that, watch the dropout on Hulu, but do not drop out on us anytime at all, because we love you guys joining us on TV Talk. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Deadline Podcast TV Talk. And make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you never miss a single episode. And of course, you can find all of our TV breaking news coverage at Deadline.com. We're heading into the Emmy season. Full tilt, Moogie. There's going to be a lot more. Thank you for joining us. Goodbye.